I cannot read my handwriting. What is it? Diary. Revealing. Unwrap. <laughs> Diary. Writing. You didn't cross the T oh. or dot the I's. <laughs> dot the I's. Welcome back to My Sister Made Me View It TV Edition. We are so excited you're here. My name is Emily, and I should be writing my book. My name is Megan, and I should be drawing storyboards. But instead, we're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. <laughs> All right. So today, we are going to talk about Roswell, Season 1, Episode 2, The Morning After. My guess was terrible. Well, no, my guess was fantastic. It, it just was. was. It just was wrong. It was wrong, and that's okay. Um, what did you guess this was about, Megan? I guessed the morning after was named for the pill, and it would be about some sort of terrible alien pregnancy event. And was that what it was? As previously stated, <laughs> I was wrong. It was just the morning after the last episode. Yeah. Which, fun trivia, so she's writing in her diary. Uh, the episode starts with Liz writing in her diary, and it's September 27th, which means that the Crash Festival happens on September 26th, which, as we all know, is Infection Day from The Last of Us. Is that what it is? It is. That's okay. the day the outbreak happened. That's the only thing that happens on that day, besides the birthday of my elementary school science teacher. So, Mr. Merritt, if you're out there, happy Roswell birthday. And also, the birthday of my childhood best friend's dad. It's just a really jam-packed day. It's a real great day. September 26, folks. It's important. Market. Okay, so... We start off with Liz writing in her diary, basically, about everything that's happened, which we have decided is a terrible idea because who knows who's going to get their hands on these journals. I do. I know who. The sheriff and Richard Schiff's character. (laughs) So she's writing, and I had forgotten how great, at least for me, this is what I feel in my heart, this show really captures the teenage voice because Liz is sitting there just writing about he said see you tomorrow what does that mean does it mean I'll just see you tomorrow like normal or does it mean I can't wait to see you tomorrow and so she's going over all of the different things that it could mean and I'm going I have written exactly that in diaries before what did he mean by this? Ooh. And it just made me laugh. And I thought they did a really good job. And so she's talking about all of these things and is just full of anticipation for tomorrow. And she's kind of like, wonder what he's doing right now. And we pan to like Max dead to the world, just like passed out in his bedroom, sleeping in his bed. And it's adorable. It is pretty cute. Um, So we're not in the pilot anymore. Right. So pilots would have been... Well, like, filmed a couple weeks before they got the funding for the rest of the series. And so there are a couple changes from... There are a couple changes from the pilot till now. Mostly, everyone has slightly more reasonable haircuts. (laughs) Max's hair gets a medal from me for most improved player. (laughs) 
They just, they, they styled it quite a bit better. And they really pushed the diversification of their extras from the pilot till now. So, like, in the pilot, it was just pretty much a bunch of white people. And then in this second episode, they had a lot more racially diverse extras, uh, people of all different body sizes. And then they had um, a couple extras who were in wheelchairs. And in fact, they had a featured extra who's this really pretty black girl. And I say featured extra because she got a couple speaking lines. So she would have gotten paid more. Congratulations. Go girl. Get the money. Yeah, I had I had a friend who he was, uh, he played a, a non-speaking extra role on a TV show. And? And there were a couple takes where he got to ad-lib a line. And he was really excited because if that take had made it into the final episode, they would have had to pay him more. Unfortunately, they, they paid for the non-speaking shots. So he was like, mm. So Max is sleeping and someone tries to come in through the window. And it's all, ooh, you know, because who is it? Is it going to be someone coming to take Max away? Is it just a regular robber? And listen, listen, guys. They did a really cool shot and I'm just shamelessly ogling at this point. But he, he gets off the bed, he picks up a bat, and then he comes out out of the shadows like just straight out of the shadows anyway i loved it that's all so like five or six times this episode i'm like who's the director of photography on this because they're they're the person on set who gets final say on lighting and lenses and so i'm like who's the dp who's the director of photography who is it i thought i was watching the credits really hard i didn't i didn't spec it look it up you should look it up i can't look it up what if i see a spoiler oh that's right you look it up episode cast cinematography maybe john s bartley yeah that's probably that's probably probably john s bartley good job good job um so michael has snuck in through the window max almost brains him but is able to stop in time and max kind of knows why he's there he he's just like oh do you have a rough time with i think it was hank that's michael's foster dad and Max just walks over and pulls out a sleeping bag that is obviously there for occasions such as this. And he takes care of his friend and lets his friend sleep there where it's safe. But Max is too keyed up to sleep. Max is like, now is not the time for sleep. Now is the time for action. He has really taken what Liz has said. Michael. What did I say? You said Max. Well, I meant Mike. You know... <laughs> Those two very different, unique names, Max and Mike. Michael. Let this be a lesson to all of you creatives out there. You gotta name your characters so the names look different from each other on the page. I think they should have gone with Max and Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you guessed. The one that I guessed. Uh, but, so, yeah. So, yeah, so Michael wants to go look for the alien from 1959 that they found out about in the episode before. And um, he's talking about how this is your life here, Max, and it's really great. I don't have a good life and I'm ready to go. And so Michael is not having this. And it's, it's really interesting to see the urgency. Because usually when you have not your protagonist. So like, okay, I know we talk about Twilight a lot. And caveat, I love it. How do you feel about it? I know so much about Twilight. <laughs> if, if, for example, Jasper, we had this scene where he was like, Edward, we can't stay here. That, that Bella chick, forget her. We've got to go do something else. Like, 
normally if a side character was acting like this to the protagonist, it'd be seen as a problem. They did a very good job of making Michael sympathetic as he's being driven towards this. He's not putting people in really unnecessary danger. Like he's taking risks and stuff, but really for the enormity of this news, Max and Isabel are very chill about this. And Michael's the only one who wants the same answers that I, an audience member, does. So we like him a little more than anybody else at this point. I love you, baby booth. (laughs) Here's the most important thing that happens. They have the theme song. Yes! (laughs) And I remember listening to the lyrics, but now I don't remember what the lyrics are. Emily, can you read us some of the lyrics of the theme song? I will read you some of the lyrics because of copyright. We can't sing it, which stinks. But I just have this pulled up. Okay. Theme song from Roswell. That's how I typed it in. It is by Dido called Here With Me. So if you were to look at Emily's notes, you would see the word Dido taking up like four whole lines. I was so excited. This was just like, man, hearing this song just takes me back. So um, here are the opening lyrics to, to this song. It says... Oh, I am what I am. I'll do what I want, but I can't hide. I won't go. I won't sleep. I can't breathe until you're resting here with me. And I just love it. So good. So good. I love these opening credits so much. So uh, we open with a math class and they have a substitute teacher. (laughs) She comes on screen and I'm like, who is it? Who is that person? And I offered to tell her, and she said, no, no, I want my brain to figure it out. So it's 2 a.m., and I'm lying awake in bed because my cats just won't settle down. And I'm like, okay, let's let's use our brain. We'll figure out who that person is. And I'm like, it's some sort of supernatural show. Maybe, like, Buffy or Angel. No, they can't be it. And then I'm like, super, supernatural! She is in season one of Supernatural. She's in the Faith Healer episode. So the next morning over breakfast, Emily's like, did you figure out who it is? And I'm like, yes, she's from Supernatural. And Emily goes, huh. And I'm like, is she from something else? And I go, maybe. Huh. And so weirdly enough, it's a meme on Twitter about vampire pregnancy. <laughs> There's a picture of Darla from Angel. And I go, she's from Buffy and Angel and Supernatural. (laughs) I'm so smart. Anyway, so. Congratulations. It's a long way of saying this guest star is played by, I don't know what her name is. Great, Megan. (laughs) Hold on. I will find out. I wasn't prepared for intense questioning. Her name is Julie Benz. That's just a long way of saying that this guest character is played by Julie Benz, who I'm suspicious of from the start, because you know who done it in any sort of procedural? That's right. The most famous guest actor. <laughs> um, and she's calling role, and Michael is very obviously not there, and Liz is in the class, and she feels that this substitute teacher, um, I believe it's Topolsky, 
she, Liz is just like, well, why is she asking all these questions? And she goes to Max afterwards and says, should we be worried? Should we be worried? And, and Max is really sweet about it, but he's kind of like, we've been doing this longer than you have. So don't worry about it. But Liz is like super freaked out because there's government, you know, alien hunters. She says, everybody knows that because, uh, her friend Maria, (laughs) how many M names anyway, because her friend Maria that morning was like, Liz, it's the aliens, (laughs) those freaking aliens. And they, did they come up with the code word before this? Uh, not quite. They, they code word the aliens because Liz is like, Maria, you can't just keep saying that word, especially where we work in the Crashdown Cafe. And so they, they start referring to them as Czechoslovakians, which is a running bit through the episode. And Julie Benson's character has a last name that I swear is a Czech or Slavic origin nickname. The sheriff shows up and he shows up at the station and there's a dude in a suit sitting in the station and it's an FBI agent that's been told to just sit there. And it's another guest star and he is from, see this one I knew when we watched it. Was it West Wing? Is that what you said? No. He might play the president in 24. No. 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 Oh, it's Reginald C. Hayes who plays Agent Hart. Thanks. Uh, he was in Heart of Dixie, Blackish, NCIS, Criminal Minds, Charlie's Angels, Will and Grace. <laughs> That's your cat. Should we let him in? The Pretender. No. No. Space, Chicago Cubs, Fan, Femme Fatale. Get your cat. It was something more recent. Oh, he was, not the West Wing, he was in the newsroom. The newsroom. Pardon moi. Um, Meg had beef with this scene. Big beef. Because the sheriff comes up and says, You have no jurisdiction here. And it's like, buddy, the FBI has jurisdiction over any case that occurs over multiple states. And like, sheriff, you just came into work that day. You don't know if there's like a new case that showed up. I mean... It does turn out, well, if any of the aliens committed a felony in a separate state, then the FBI would have jurisdiction. Anyway, listen, this sheriff, this sheriff doesn't know deadly squat about appropriate police procedural procedure. I don't know how well that mimics actual police procedure, but yeah. It's for the dramatic emphasis. I I have zero respect for this sheriff. I have great respect for his son. (laughs) Kyle. The FBI agent just sits there. That's all he does. And it turns out that Sheriff Valenti is a little paranoid. He opens up the filing cabinets, rifles through some of the files, pulls out a, a file that has all the alien stuff in it. There is a little packet, and he opens it up with a key that's been taped inside the file. And he takes the key out, unscrews the lid of his thermos, and puts it puts it in his thermos and screws it back. There's like a cup on top of his thermos that you could like pour your hot chocolate. (laughs) So speaking of Kyle, he's adorable. Oh my gosh. I forgot how much I liked him. So Liz is talking all around this to Maria where she's like, oh, he probably thinks I'm just a summer fling. 
Like, she is thinking so ill of Kyle. And then Kyle comes up with this very well thought out speech that he's consulted his buddies about as well. That's like, Liz, I believe a person should be on time. And, and he talks about how he is with Liz because he cares about her. And if she cares about him, if she, pr- like, you promised to meet me at the crash festival. And I believe you should have kept that promise. And she's like, I can't talk right now. <laughs> the substitute teacher's doing something so weird. She doesn't say that, but that's what she sees. And so she's like, I can't, I can't talk right now, but we should talk about this. And she just leaves him. She just leaves him hanging. And I just kind of went, oh, poor Kyle. Poor Kyle. Emily, I do not have at this point a great fondness for either Max or Liz because of the way Max is shutting out Michael and the way Liz is shutting out Kyle. Like, okay, emotional vulnerability is not something that's usually rewarded in our male characters and it's being explicitly punished in this episode. Anyway, I feel real bad for Kyle and for Michael and I hope they find happiness. I'm cheering for them. (laughs) Um, The reason that Liz takes off so suddenly is she sees Miss Topolsky and she runs over and basically, well, no, she literally runs into her, knocks her, all the files to the ground. As Liz is helping gather them up, she realizes one of the files is Michael's file with his student stuff in it, his home address, his photograph, everything. And she doesn't know why Miss Topolsky has them. Liz wants to find out what Miss Topolsky is up to. Max agrees with her and says, okay, maybe there is something there. He says, meet me in the eraser room. Oh boy, the eraser room. So we got to talk around what happens in the eraser room because this is the 90s, but it's an actual room where they clean erasers. That's not for all that gets cleaned. <laughs> I don't know what was sort of weird euphemism I was trying to say there, but... um. It's like the... It's the makeout spot. It's the 800 hall, mm-hmm. which is what it was at our high school. <laughs> right? Yeah, the 800 hall. That was the place to be at our high school, was the 800 hall. And so Liz goes ballistic. Yeah, just well, like... She, she looks very calm. This is something I like about this actress, is her presence is very calm, but she can just rattle off. Oh, wait, Liz isn't rattling at this point. It's Maria. And Maria buzzes around. Like, she's, she's just encircling Liz, being like, do you know what happens in the eraser room? Do you know what he's expecting if you go there? Do you know what's happened to this person we know at the eraser room? Do you know what the eraser room does? It takes our innocence, Liz. <laughs> and so Liz is just like, no, that can't possibly be what it is. And Maria's just like, mm-hmm. So Liz shows up, not quite knowing what to expect, And I couldn't quite tell if she was relieved or disappointed. I think she was a little bit of both when Michael is just, or when Max says, hey, we can spy on Miss Topolsky in here. And she kind of goes, okay. You see what I mean? With the Max and the Michael and the Maria? So many M's. They do end up spying on Miss Topolsky, who says something very cryptic about needing to find this Michael kid. 
And they're like, ooh, he might be a danger. Oh, did we mention some of the weird things she did in class? No. Okay, so didn't. rewind a bit. The The first scene where we meet Miss Topolsky, she's taking role, and she just stops when she gets to Max's name, which is near the, I mean, Michael's name, which is quite near the beginning of the role. And she's like, does anyone know him? Does anyone know where he is? And a couple of people glance towards Max because, you know, he clearly, he, he knows him. And so she grills him like, do you know where he is? Do you know when he's coming back to school? Can you talk to him and tell him to come back to school? And it's like all weird. And then she doesn't take the rest of role for class. She just <laughs> stops at Michael. And then when she's talking about the inside surface of a triangle, because she's subbing for geometry, I think, um, she's like, and if you add up the inside of all of the angles of a triangle, you will get 360 degrees. And Liz is like, 180 She's like, excuse me? And Liz is like, the inside of a triangle? The angles add up to 180. And Mr. Pulsey's like, oh, yes, of course. Silly me. <laughs> Silly me. What are you teaching? <laughs> what are you teaching? Um, we find out she also has a photographic memory. Which, if she has a photographic memory, did she not even look at the geometry textbook before she started teaching? Selective powers. Do you know what? Selective powers happen a couple times in this episode. Oh, it should be stated. I am of the opinion that Miss Topolsky is an alien. That is my prediction. Um, I think she's the killer alien from 1959. Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Liz goes to Michael's house, quote unquote. Michael is in a trailer park with mm-hmm. his foster dad, who... Doesn't overtly say anything sleazy, but answers the door in his underwear. The actor did a really good, like, sleazy body acting. Mm-hmm. So Liz shows up to tell Michael this, gets invited into the trailer house, sees everything. Michael takes her back outside, and I was expecting him to be angry of, like, why are you here? And be embarrassed of where he lived, and he's just like, this is where I live. And he, he's just really cool about it. And he was, like, grateful to Liz for bringing him this information. That someone's looking into him that Max knew and did not see fit to tell Michael. Maximilian. <laughs> Max finally kind of accepts that something weird is going on with Miss Topolsky. Finds out that she's going to go to the trailer park at night. I don't know why she would go at night. Michael is watching the sheriff's station tonight. That's why Michael won't be at his house. Right. Miss T- No, that's later. How do we find out she's going to Michael's house? Maybe Liz and Max overhear it while they're spying? That might be it. Okay. Sorry, we did watch this show, you guys. But it was like two days ago. <laughs> and I can't find my notes. <laughs> Just work them off my oh, memory. I bet they're on the other side of my bed. That's so far away. Do you want me to get them? No. Okay. Uh, we're professional podcasters. <laughs> so, here, the scene that follows is probably one of my most favorites that we've seen so far. Where Liz and Max head out in the Jeep to go to the trailer park to Michael's home to see what's happening with Miss Topolsky. Kyle sees them get into the car and he gets into his Mustang, his red sports car Mustang follows them out there. And so Max and Liz are kind of parked in the dark. Um, but they're they're outlined so you can clearly see, you know, two people sitting in the in the Jeep and Kyle's sitting there just going, Liz, what are you doing? Liz. 
I just feel so bad for him. Because there's a moment where Liz leans over to get a better view, but because of the angle where Kyle is parked, it looks like she's just putting her head on Max's shoulder. And he's like, Liz, no! Why did he die? And then to make matters worse, she's playing with a ring and she drops it down in the... We never the figured dri- out what this was called. The did. driver well. where The driver wheel well. Where the pedal and the brake is. So she leans. Where all the Tabasco bottles are. <laughs> so she leans down to get it. And it looks like something else to Kyle. A compromising position. Compromising position. Like something that might happen in the 800 hall. <laughs> or the eraser room. <laughs> so he, he just goes, no, Liz! And he gets out of the car and he runs up and Miss Topolsky's over getting out of her car talking to Hank. And he is just like, Liz, what are you doing? And she's like, Kyle, why are you here? And he's like, why are you whispering? And she's like, um, we're waiting. We're waiting for Michael. What are you going to do? We're going to go bowling. Why are you whispering? Because we're going to go bowling. (laughs) This poor girl cannot lie to save her life okay she always picks the exact wrong thing to say in every situation either and like she'll always pick a bald-faced lie like an a clearly an obvious lie and it's like there's more to deception than just saying the opposite of what's happening and something else i liked about this is when kyle walks up he goes max and then max says kyle and he doesn't yell at max for taking his girl kyle only talks to liz where Kyle stands here, Where everyone. like him. Um, which I thought was adorable. I am very sad because I feel like his openness and his emotionalness is going to get punished and, like, beaten down out of him over the course of the series. And he will eventually become an antagonist to our heroes. And I'm just sad about that. I'm pretty sad. In the meantime, while these guys are at the trailer park, Meg, where is Michael? Michael? He's selling candy for charity at the police station. <laughs> he's a, He's got a cover story. He's trying to get into the sheriff's office because earlier that day, he has spotted FBI agents going in and out of the building carting out boxes. Let's touch a little bit on the sheriff's story because I think we've skipped a couple of his scenes. Yes. But the sheriff, after meeting the agent sitting in the chair... Uh, angrily called Richard Schiff's office asking for explanations. And Richard Schiff's office pretty much gave him the brush off. And then Richard Schiff's character shows up. A character name I haven't bothered to learn, but... (laughs) It might be Toby. It it might be Toby. (laughs) He returns with a warrant saying that no... Basically, we're tired of all of your wolf cries. And so we're taking all of your relevant evidence. But the sheriff takes the key and thermos out of his office and angrily sulks off to lunch while um, the FBI clears this out. Michael had seen this earlier, so that night Michael is taking out the police station, trying to infiltrate and figure out what he's up to. The officer at the front desk, whose name also starts with H, which again, tactical error, because this episode we've introduced Michael's father, not father-in-law, Michael's foster father, whose name also starts with H. Who writes these characters? Hank. I don't know. I would like to object to the similarity in name spelt. (laughs) Michael's infiltration is unsuccessful. Because he gets kicked out. Because another deputy comes in and says, 
what are you doing? And Michael says, oh, I'm selling candy for children. And the deputy says, not in here, you're not. <laughs> Kicks him out. Um, which I think that was a smart move. He had a cover story. He wasn't just like coming in and skulking around and looking suspicious. Which is what he says to Michael and Izzy later. <laughs> They're very upset that he's done this. They are. Even though now he's eating the candy that he was quote unquote selling for charity. So <laughs> Michael, Isabel, and Max in the giant house that Max and Isabel live in are scolding Michael for his... Um, it's the word I'm looking for. Uncaring for his... Selfish? No. Uh, reckless. Are scolding Michael for his reckless plan. And he's sort of like, hey, I I want answers, you guys. And then their parents come home. And they, they're like, hey, everyone, we brought pizza. And they seem a little affronted to see Michael there. Like... It's not just, oh, we're surprised you have a friend over. Like, the body language from the parents are like, they don't approve of this Michael character. See, I didn't see that. I thought they were like, Michael, do you want to stay for dinner? They were surprised to see him. Mm, I don't think so. But, but. We gotta register another West Wing character. I don't know the actor's name, but he plays Ron Butterfield. He plays the head of President Bartlett's Secret Service security detail. I will find the... You can find him in the episode, season two, episode one. So Mary Ellen Trainer plays Diane Evans, the mom, and Michael O'Neill plays Philip Evans. I don't remember their reasonings for adopting these two strange children. They just see them on the road these two little naked six-year-olds holding hands. They just pick them up off the side of the road. And do you, know what, do you know what? These. But like local news, they would definitely have seen a third naked six-year-old walking around. Who didn't put these pieces together? Also, um, we know that they have come out of the pods. So they've, they've mentioned. Do Michael, do Max and Isabel... Did they not know about Michael when they were six? No, they did. Or... He got scared and ran off. Really? I don't think that's been stated. I think it did. It was. Mm. Because she asked him about Michael. And he goes, yeah, he, he ran off. Mm. And he got put in the fight. Fo- you need to watch the first episode again. The first episode? I think Emily's giving me a spoiler on accident. I'm not. It's <laughs> in the first episode. Okay. Michael is tired of waiting. He goes and breaks into the sheriff's station. The sheriff's station by climbing up a couple stories to a bar. There's bars on the windows. And an alarm. And an alarm. And then we cut to, real fast, Isabel and Max speeding to his rescue in the Jeep, giving us some really quick exposition of, you know he can't always control his powers. Yeah. I know. You're just saying this to each other because you want the audience to know. But they had suggested it earlier in a much subtle way when Michael himself was like, it's so easy, even I could break into it. And I'm like, okay, I liked that. And I didn't like that they had to honk the horn at us later to be like, hey, Michael's not as good at molecule magic. Don't forget it. (laughs) So he breaks in. Is looking around Sheriff Valenti's office, 
and happens to find the thermos and picks it up and hears a little rattle. The key! The key! (laughs) And Michael has climbed... No, sorry. Michael is there. Max has climbed up into the window and is like, we have to go. And they've told Isabel... You gotta stop the sheriff. She's like, I can keep him distracted. So Isabel's had her hair in a pretty tight French braid. And as the scene ends, she puts her hand up to her head and I'm like, she's gonna take her hair down. Lo and behold, while up above, Max is like trying to get Michael to go. uh, Isabel walks into the sheriff's station with her hair in flowing waves around her shoulders and her leather jacket slung over one shoulder. And she's like... I have a flat tire. I'm so not mechanical. Can you help me? And the sheriff's like, sure, I'll help you out. And then the deputy's like, oh, sheriff, you're off duty. Let me try. And this is, this is the deputy who kicked Michael out earlier for selling candies. And he's like, sheriff, you're off duty. Let me, let me go ahead. And the sheriff, in a weird moment, is like, no, let me be alone with the miner. You really don't like this man. <laughs> he just gives off a vibe. Rancid. I don't really like any of the adults in this show. Maybe Liz's parents will be different. We haven't we haven't met Liz's parents yet. Mm-mm. I don't think they've hired actors for them. <laughs> she lives alone. <laughs> I hope I hope we find out Richard Schiff is her dad. No, that's ridiculous. Liz has this speech in a in a great moment of the episode where she talks about this is back in the eraser room where she talks about how her parents own the cafe where she lives she's grown up in the center of town her whole life everyone knows her and like the the cafe is sort of like a hub of social activity in this town so she can't even get a haircut without every single person in the town commenting on it and she thinks that max's life seems kind of freeing if no one knows you and no one notices you, which speaks a lot as to why she's dating Kyle is clearly Liz feels shepherded by public opinion in a lot of her personal choices. All right. So Liz, no, Michael and Max. Always. No, (laughs) never. (laughs) They're in the sheriff's office. Michael picks the key up and has some sort of vision with weird geometric shapes and, like, something's happening. Psychedelic colors. I saw it as a a structure that's dome-like but mostly made of interlocking triangles just shot on a fuzzy lens with a lot of camera shake. Geometric. (laughs) Geometric pictures. But it's not random shapes. It's clearly a structure. Yes. I mean, it's not like he was looking in a kaleidoscope. Oh, no, 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 no. He I'm sees so a, sorry. He sees a vision of some sort of structure, mm-hmm. which, if I'm going to hazard a prediction guess, he is seeing the temporary structure that was built over the crash site when it happened as people were researching it back in the 1950s. Sheriff has a key to it because that key goes to the warehouse with all the pieces of what they recovered inside of it. If I had to hazard a guess. A good hazardous guess. Hazardous waste guess. <laughs> so they they end up leaving. They are able to lock the, the bars. And in the meantime, the sheriff is 
lecturing Isabel after he changes her tires. Lecturing her? You're out past curfew. She's like, well, I had a flat tire. And he's like, okay. Who's curfew? I guess maybe their parents have a curfew because they're juniors, but like, I don't know if there's like a town curfew. Is there a That's town a curfew? That's a weird thing. I mean, it's a thing that we currently have, but for good reasons. But why does this... It's 2020. There's a pandemic going on. <laughs> it's 2020. There's a lot of reasons for everything that's happening. <laughs> Listen, the sheriff's just a little weird. Like, he seemed so... I don't want to say pleased to help her with her flat tire, but he's like, no, no. I've got this. And then he fixes her tire and he's like, so you're Max's sister, right? Max, the person I hate the most in this town that I'm extremely suspect of, that brother Max. And technically they'd be like, they'd be twins, right? Because they'd be adopted together and they're in the same grade. If he thinks Max is an alien, why would he not think Max's twin sister is also an alien? But clearly, the way the gears in his head are working, he only sees her as a tangential connection to Max Evans the alien. He is uber focused on Max. Uber focused on Max. <laughs> Very focused on Max. This is not He is not a good detective. <laughs> Um, Isabel rebraids her hair very fast. Very quickly. And they almost, the sheriff and his deputy almost discover Max and Michael in the office. They're headed out and then Max is able to fix the alarm with his molecular magic powers. They jump into a dumpster, makes an extremely loud noise. And I'm like, how do they not hear that? And Emily says, the sheriff opened the blinds at the same time. And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he opened them after. Also, I was high-key worried that Michael would have dropped the key in the dumpster. High-key worried? Yeah, yeah, I did that on purpose. Um, so we're kind of left with a mystery at the end of the episode where they're wondering what the key is for, and they think it's going to get them one step closer to finding out who they are. Because they all try their psychometry on it, and it doesn't work. They all try to touch the object and get a sense of it, and... Isabel pretends, and I thought that was really mean, but she pretends to see. Who did she pretend to see in the shower? Because she goes, is she holding the key? And they're like, what did you see? And she goes, Ricky Martin in the shower. And I just went, oh, it's 90s. (laughs) Nobody cares about Michael's feelings except me and Emily. (laughs) So they are going to try and find out what the key is for. Is there a button scene with Max and Isabel? A button scene. Like the ending, the wrap up. Not like here's what we learned today, but oh, there's a weird moment with Isabel and the guidance counselor. That's what it is. Because Mrs. Topolsky. Miss Topolsky. Uh, she is not a geometry teacher. So she corners Isabel again. Adults cornering these no, poor it's minors. Liz. Thank you. Yeah. So she corners Liz again. Adults cornering these poor minors. And is like, I saw you out at Michael's house. And Liz, I think I you should know by now, I'm not a substitute teacher. <laughs> Say it out loud. <laughs> I'm a guidance counselor. <sighs> Why the cloak and dagger then? So she's some sort of like 
secret undercover guidance counselor. <laughs> and she's like, I haven't seen Michael at school. Can you, a minor who's not, like, responsible for him in any way, can you make him come to school? Can you be responsible for his eternal salvation? And it's like, okay, lady, calm down. Yeah, I wrote a note. Um, I'm just like, don't put it on a kid to get another kid to come to school. It's not this other kid's responsibility. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the second episode. We forgot to talk about Alex just briefly. Who? <laughs> Javert. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maria really wants to tell Kyle. Nope. Maria really wants to tell Alex about the aliens. And Liz is just, we mustn't. And Maria's like, mustn't? Since when do you use words like mustn't? And they look over at Alex and he's doing some dumb trick. Great trick where he wraps his arms around each other and then he puts them over his head. He's like, you just do it like that. Anyway, he's definitely double jointed and doesn't have the same obstacles that I'm dealing with. (laughs) And he is just such a dork. He's such a dork. The reason my voice is muffled is I'm trying to pull off the same arm trick as him. It's difficult. <laughs> I can't fit my arms over my own head. <laughs> um, the other scene that I love with Alex that shows that he may be kind of a, a dork, but he's not dumb. Where Liz and Maria have decided they can't go around using the word alien because it's just, which, listen, I get. But I'm like, you also live in Roswell, and you work at the Crush Down Cafe, and that's in your everyday vernacular. Um, but they have decided to use the word Czechoslovakians in lieu of alien. And so Maria is still freaking out about the whole, there's aliens here. And she goes, listen, are they good Czechoslovakians or bad Czechoslovakians? We don't know. And Alex later tells them, he's like, who are you talking about from Czechoslovakia? And he's like, that's a country that hasn't even existed for 10 years. And the girl's like, it's a code word for cramps. We have cramps, Alex. We have real bad cramps. We didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. But if you want us to talk about it, we can. He's like, nope, that's okay. Thanks, bye. So I thought that was was a fun little character, character moment with them. So that is, that is the morning after. What's the title of episode three? Monsters. What do you think happens in that episode? Well, um, I'm hoping we're going to get a little more answers about the person who killed in 1952, 1959, 1959, 10 years before the moon. Okay. I'm hoping we're going to get some more answers about that. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to get a little hunchback of Notre Dame action, what makes a monster and what makes a man kind of question. Uh, I think the sheriff who has discovered the loss of his key is going to be incensed and furious. And I think we're going to get another breakup scene between Max and Isabel. Seems about time for that. Max and? Sorry. They're siblings. They're not dating. You can't... And I think we're going to get another breakup scene with Max and Liz. 
seems about time for that, you know? It's too dangerous. We can't be together. I love you, but it would never work. Uh, and I think we're going to see Kyle start to take a couple steps towards the darkness. All right. Well, we are signing off because it's time for me to go work on my book again. I have to go draw storyboards. I believe in you. I believe in you too. Ready? Break. Thanks again for joining us on My Sister Made Me View It. We'll see you guys next week. And in the meantime, check us out on all our social media handles. Sis Made Me View It. You can find us there on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, come see all the pictures of our really adorable pets and all the shenanigans that we get up to behind the scenes. Um, and before we go, another special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. Anyways, you guys are great. Can't wait to see you guys next time. Bye.